0: To the cricket podcast.
1: I think it was a disgraceful performance, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the cricket podcast. Where this week we will be talking about the three-match ODI series between England Sea. And Pakistan, uh, what a result it was for, for the, the England reserves as they overcame Pakistan 3-0. James Vince gets 100. I think we're all happy for James Vince. He's finally uh, conquered international cricket, so we'll be getting into that. Um, we also have the India women's team taking on the England women's team. That match is going to a decider, or that series is going to a decider. Uh, the second T20, uh, well, there was carnage in that as four... English batters were run out in their chase of 148. So there's plenty to talk about there. The India men's team, they're going to Sri Lanka, or the India men's B team, I think, are going to Sri Lanka. Uh, Hardik Pandya will be there. Uh, Sri Lanka weren't very good. I think India will probably beat them quite easily, but we'll get our teeth stuck into that. And finally, well, I mean, we've got about four other finally topics. We've got a little bit of 100 news. We've got Australia in the West Indies
1: um and do we have something else max do we have something else max um we've got what well, island island south africa very good island being south that. africa yeah. that's it i'm jack hope max thank you for saving me there how are you doing very welcome um uh, yeah very good thanks uh, jack i'm um uh yeah enjoying enjoying a nice sunny sunny evening in um in streatham in my new echoey house which has no furniture
2: <laughs> yeah you need to get like a sofa or maybe some rugs for the wall um to to, to dump yeah, this the will eventually
1: or... be a, a bespoke podcasting booth one day
2: uh, oh great so we can all come around to your house for um for bespoke podcast booth use <laughs> yeah that'll be good and we're joined by dan weston how are you doing dan
0: yeah, I'm good. Still aching from my uh, once-yearly cricket match that I played on Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm still pretty broken from that. Uh, keeping wicket for 30 overs is uh, when you're uh, 42 and overweight isn't particularly... no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know you played. Uh, talk us through what happened. OK, so... <laughs> the real bad detail okay um, so what happened was uh, we actually were defending champions we played old boy, our old boys school year every year against the Langton Green Cricket Club who are a club based in Tambridge Wells and uh, we bowled first and we rolled them for 130, 30 overmatch we thought this is good, we're, we're doing alright and uh, I went into batter number 8 at 45 for 6 mm. um, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and I, think I got seven, seven or eight, and then I got LBW to about an eight-year-old. Oh, Indeed. so you did? Did you lose? Did you lose? By <laughs> Heav- heavily, I did. Heavily, however, yeah. take two full-length diving catches as a wicket. No way. But one of them was disallowed for a front-foot no ball. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's, when I took it.
2: That's devastating. And um, we were in action. I don't like cricket club the the cricket team of the podcast on Sunday as well. Actually, we had an early start, at eleven thirty, because of the uh, football, which we're not going to mention. Um, <laughs> Ross got 62. I got 39 not out, and we chased down 234 in 40 overs. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Woodstock Cricket. Look at that! Um, one of my first times using the bat, I hit. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know what, Dan, I Dan, I I took down the the matchup that I shouldn't have been any good against uh, oh, the off spinner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hit him for a massive six back over his head, and that and that was it. He He came off. Um, We were very happy with that. Ross also got a century on Saturday, um, which uh, I'm sure he'd have been thrilled to tell us about if he was here, but he isn't. Um, So we can tell
1: people about it. And it was against a bunch of 12 year olds.
2: (laughs) It was, uh, but he was using a Woodstock cricket bat and you should go and get your gear from Woodstock, uh, who are the show's sponsor. Uh, Max, do we have any other messages for our listeners before we get into England v. Pakistan?
1: Indeed we do. Uh, please do like and subscribe on YouTube or whatever platform you're following us on and follow us at The Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like you want to support us and and our, our podcasting uh, ventures, then um, head over to Patreon and uh, and become a... A patron, uh, Jack, that will provide you with the link now. Uh, Yeah, so that is patreon.com forward slash the cricket pod.
2: Uh, We did say last week that we would read out. We'll do a roll of honour. We'll say thank you um, to to everyone who has... um, Patreon so quickly to go through that Sapta Garish thank you very much uh, subscribing at the top rate so Garish thank you very much there uh, Sean Barrett, James Chedham, Rory David, Chris Whiffin, Gopal Vijay, Pankaj Chala Jacob Green, Dinesh Darman SM10 um, that's an interesting name and Rajesh Nayak um, if you'd like your name read out uh, and credited on the cricket podcast head over to patreon.com forward slash the pa- cricket pod um, there are a couple of other benefits and and things in there as well Um, check that out Um, get involved Um, England v Pakistan fellas Uh, I I think we should probably briefly start because in our last podcast we did preview this series Um, I said 3-0 uh, I think you you two were both here, weren't you? You both went mm. for 2-1 England. Mm, yeah. um, that was when England were playing the, the big boy England team. Uh, <laughs> about an hour, I think, after we finished recording or
1: something like that.
2: Uh, it turned out that there was a COVID outbreak in the England A squad, um, and the entire team had to go into isolation. A few, I think seven, four or three players and four support staff uh, had caught the vid. Um, I think most of them were right now. Uh, but that meant that England had to pick... An, a whole new team, uh, captained by Ben Stokes. Uh, and we got a really interesting look at the squad depth of the England team, didn't we, Max?
1: Uh, yeah, it well uh, it decimated the um, the county championship circuit for for a week, <laughs> um, bringing make, uh, making use of the the good new rules of being able to bring in a sub if you get randomly called up for England duty. That was nice, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was a really interesting opportunity to see um, some people who maybe have been forgotten and some people who maybe got a bit of a, a jump start in their England selection career.
2: Yeah, Dan. Um, obviously, you'll have quite an in-depth knowledge of the, mm-hmm. the players on the English circuit. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the team they selected? Was was were you happy to see anyone in, specifically in in that squad, or uh, you know, maybe they omitted someone that you thought should have been there?
0: Yeah, so I mean, yeah, a couple of things. First of all, I want to make a real clear point. I, I don't want to speak for Max, but I, I, maybe I think that his mindset is similar. We went for 2 1 in the series because we thought that was going to be the England team. If I'd have known it was going to be the backup team, I would have joined you with a 3 um, <laughs> 0. Um, um, yeah, I was really pleased actually with a, a few players. I think that it was really interesting to have a look at Phil Salt in a. In a um, International environment, he's obviously got that ultra-boundary intent, just will tee off from the start, and plays the England way, if you like, which I think was something that perhaps was clear that Pakistan didn't have that same mindset throughout throughout the series. Um, I also was interested to see Zach Crawley because um, his numbers actually in T20 cricket are pretty strong. Mm. And I'm wondering whether England might have picked him in the wrong format at at this point in time. Uh, Other players, well, Lewis Gregory is someone that I've been kind of pushing for a few years in terms of being extremely underrated he's he had that incredible um last season I think he struck over 200 I think it was in 2018 and and his numbers against pace in particular are exceptional in t20 cricket so it was really good to see him have that kind of breakthrough international uh series as well um, did well in the bat, with the bat in a couple of matches, took some wickets too, um, and Mahmood was someone who I think was was really, really a real positive for, for England. Well, I say positive with a caveat: positive for him in terms of he was absolutely fantastic, but possibly negative for England because I think he almost gives he almost gives them an unwanted problem, if you like, in terms of uh, has he just smashed down the door of the closed shop, hmm. uh, and, uh, and that and that's something that I it'd be really interesting to see how. Uh, England proceed with that, and 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 then and then the, they name the T20 squad today. Of course, it has the usual suspects: Jordan, Tom Curran, Jake Ball. And you think, I re- really, is this really the three best scene bowlers that we've got available in T20 cricket right now? well I
1: said, to, I said to Jack like, earlier, if we uh, if we have an England team that's got a lineup of Chris Jordan, Tom
0: Curran, and Jake Ball, they're going all over the place. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, the batters are going to have to hit about twenty five percent boundaries to have a chance. <laughs> of the match.
2: Right, let's uh, let's get into into the detail of what happened in the series, uh, well, and there are some talking points that come up along the way. I'm sure we'll talk more about Sir so Mood in in this because I, I was super impressed with him. Um, but Max, game one, what 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 happened?
1: Um, well, yeah, game game one, we were we were sitting there, we were all wondering what might happen, weren't we? It was uh, a, a new look England team, which perhaps the Pakistanis might not have uh, had the um, the you know the preparation on uh, to face. Um, and, uh, and equally, we were thinking, well, Pakistan are, uh, have got a big old chance here to um, play themselves into, this, into the series, having had not too much of a, a warm up. Um, I mean, as, as it was, it, it went pretty well for England from ball one, didn't it? Um, Sakib Mahmood, first ball, reviewed in LBW, three reds, uh, <laughs> dream start, third ball, Baba Azam's out, not uh, for 2. And, um, and you're sort of wondering, wondering whether England have picked the right A-team. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, you know, we thought this would be a test, wouldn't it? Pakistan, better than Sri Lanka, um, England, C-team. Yeah, could be, could be trouble for England, but they, uh, they made, that, made a mockery of that thought and um, it, it didn't really get any better for, for Pakistan from there, did it? They ended up being dismissed for, a, for 141 and England could have chased that down with their eyes closed, as it was they opened their eyes, so they won by nine wickets. Um, <laughs> and and there's not really much more to much more to to add to that really is there it was a, it was a really good performance uh, with the ball from um, from Saki Mahmoud in particular i think and um and uh, and a surprisingly promising start that that england uh, england um side
2: um we'll talk about Saki move after the second game because if anything he got better yes. in 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 that match um but let's address dan's point from earlier about zach crawley um i know i know it was a tiny chase but i thought he looked the business um to be honest in 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 in, in that role as the the kind of proto anchor the slightly the beefed up anchor that england use at, at number three someone who is expected to strike at about a hundred uh, is expected to maintain a, a reasonably high uh boundary percentage but mm maybe is isn't supposed to go as ballistic as someone like Phil Salt. Um, I, I thought he looked way more comfortable than he does in the test side at the moment, Dan. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about his online numbers there? Because uh, I know his list A, his, the stuff in list A doesn't look so good, but I think he's missed quite a lot of cricket
0: in the last few years in that yeah. particular
2: format. Um, but his T20 stats are good.
0: Yeah, so he you can disregard list A stats for, for young players like him completely because... We haven't actually played this day in England since 2019. He's not going to play this day this year either because it clashes with 100. So these numbers are a very limited usage right now. So we're really going on T20 numbers a lot more. And he hits that magic combo of 20-plus balls per dismissal and 20-plus percent boundaries, which is the, 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 it's, it's like the, a segment of the best T20 batters in the world because they offer both stability and aggression hitting uh, and there's not many batters who do that. He currently does do that. So, in terms the of like Twenty Club, last three years, yeah, it's an exclusive club, and he's a member of it right now. So um, he's. For, but if you you can find all the Red Bull metrics under the sun, and you'll find that he's not a member of the exclusive club in Red Bull. So, <laughs> so um, unless you look at players who scored a double century by a certain age, um, yeah. So for me, he should be more focusing on the white ball stuff than than the Tests right now in terms of England selection.
2: Yeah, I absolutely would not have a problem with that. Uh, I I was really impressed. And we'll move on to the second match so we get through the series and we've got loads of other stuff in the show to talk about. Um, And I I think probably the best game of this was game three, so we might as well spend more time on that than the other two. Uh, But in the second game at Lords, England batted first. uh, And it was one of those Lords pitches, wasn't it? Uh, They say, look up, not down at Lords. It (laughs) rained in the morning. The match was shortened to 47 overs a side. Um, And it, it... it was a little bit reminiscent of the World Cup final that it was quite hard to score, unless your name was Phil Salt. Um, we talked about Crawley, he was really impressive as well in this match. Uh, what did he get 60 odd? Um, pretty quickly. James Vince picked up a 50. Uh, England looked like they were kind of going okay. Then they had a collapse and they were, you know, they found themselves so 160 for seven uh, before Lewis Gregory and Bryden Cast lifted them up off the canvas. and They managed to get up to 247 before they were bowled out. Um, I saw at the break that day, Winviz had Pakistan as reasonably big favourites. The, the betting markets didn't. Uh, I think the betting markets were were. were they were backing England, basically, and I think that was right. 247 um, looked like a, a pretty good score on that deck. And that's, you know, what happened. Pakistan, the, the response, it just sort of never got going. Only Shaquille reached 50. Uh, frankly, England cruised it. Gregory took down the Man of the Match award, uh, f- you know, for his three wickets and 40 runs. And there was a little bit of late drama. As Hassan Ali went ballistic, um, he he took down Matt Parkinson. Uh, who, who had really nice figures and then, then uh, got plundered in one over. Uh, he was, was out for 31 off 17 balls, and it, it was a little bit too late. But, you know, it was nice to see someone in the Pakistan team finally turn up for the series um, towards the end of the second match. Um, fellas, I I actually didn't see too much of Saqib Mahmood, Mahmood in the first match. I did in this. His figures, eight overs, two for 21. Um, Dan, I'm just going to ask you straight up. Is he in your top... Eleven for for England, or is he is he one of the bowlers
0: that you would you would pick in the England ODI team? Um, ODI is it's so difficult because obviously we don't have a lot of ODI data to go on. So I mean, I'd probably prefer to address that in, as a T20 question overall. Go for it, yeah, nice um,
2: politician's answer. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think that that he has a role in T20, but you have if you if you pick him. You can't pick other players, so I'm really, under, I'm really try, always trying to be cognizant of the the balance of a team, and, and that you shouldn't have too many players who play the same role, not enough players who play different, but yeah, a, a reverse role. So, for example, David Willey, Mark Wood, Sakib Mahmood are all better power play bowlers than they are in other phases, I would say. So you can't really have all three of them in the same team. So if you if you pick Mahmoud, you have to lose at least one of them, kind of thing. So it's all trade offs. But would I take him uh, in the World Cup bowling like this? You have to. But you can't, like I said, you can't pick him in the same team as several other players, for example. Yep, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Max, you can answer the, the question
2: specific to the ODI team. Um, mm. So keep in mood. Where is he in the pecking order? I mean, I'm assuming here, if England have got all of their players fit, you've got Jofra Archer, you'd think Wokes is probably above him. Yep. Uh Sam Curran mate is he above him where where does Mahmood feature in in your mind here
1: yeah well, it depends how you view sam curran doesn't it as a as a player i mean you can you, there's the 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 general thinking about sam curran is that eventually he's going to end up as a batsman who bowls a bit and uh, sort of there are games where he's played for england and has pretty much bowled like two overs in the power play and that's it and that's done um so i think you could probably separate him from sam curran perhaps as a as a player but um yeah i i think he's in that sort of um that upper echelon of backups, if you like. So you've got, you know, Roch is obviously straight in there. Um, ben Stokes will be in there for his batting. <laughs> you've got, uh, and then you, you know, you maybe say uh, Mark Wood for raw, raw pace, or um, Sam Curran gives you the left arm option, and then you're thinking, yeah, what is as, as Chris Wokes, um, he offers a bit with the bat as well, and and then you're sort of you're struggling to break into that, aren't you? Because you can find sort of other other. Uh, attributes of, of those players that might give them just the edge over Sakeem Mahmood that maybe he doesn't make up for in terms of ability with the ball. Um, but, I mean, nevertheless, uh, perhaps like uh, another England player that we may m- m- talk about after the we go over the third game, um, he's not a bad person to have to bring in if you do need to play him, is he? Bowling what, the way he is at the moment. No,
2: no I, I actually think it's, it's you know, Pakistan did not play the type of cricket that I think is particularly effective, especially in England. Um, they didn't really put any of the England opening bowlers under pressure in mm. any of the three matches. I know they made a good score in the third match, but they did that playing like 2009 cricket, not playing 2000. Yeah, the, the, of, the traditional way. <laughs> Yeah, um, so you figures are always going to look good, and you're always going to have a chance to, you know, just put it on the spot and see what happens. Um, and these balls have been moving around a little bit more than, than they might have done in the past. People have been saying that, uh, but I was really impressed. Um, I'd, I think he'll be pressuring people. 24 years old. I think in the next couple of years, uh, yeah, if he, he's definitely got probably, time on his you side, know, he's probably got to develop one more thing: a little bit quicker, good bouncer, really good slower ball, something like that. I'd, I'd have thought, and and he'll be you know nudging someone like Mark Wood out the way I'd I'd have thought um for that team and he and he should have he should have deposed Tom Curran as the 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 rotational option I think and I'd like to just quickly talk about Parkinson as well Mm -hmm. in this match if we can because he got hit around by Hassan Ali um Max how damaging is that for him
1: um now, you see, the thing is, it shouldn't be, should it? Because any spinner can get taken to the cleaners for, for four or five balls. It happens. That's, that's sort of the nature of bowling spin. It's, it's, the, it's the, uh, the risk trade-off that you have. You're more likely to get wickets. You're more likely to go for runs. But for Matt Parkinson, it just gives the England selectors that ammunition to go, ah, you see, he does bowl too slowly because <laughs> that can happen. So we can't pick him. Um, you know, I think I don't know if we've actually how whether we've covered this point uh, much on the podcast or whether it's sort of done been done via correspondence on Twitter. But it does seem you know because I we've been wondering for ages why is Matt Parkinson not getting a, a fair crack? And the moment he came onto bowl in the first ODI, and I think it was Bumble on commentary was like uh, immediately the first thing he mentioned was the fact that he was his. Speeds were about 48 miles an hour. I thought, oh, right, they've legendary data analyst. They've Bumble. decided he's okay? too slow. <laughs> that's what that's that's it, though, isn't it? That's England's that's what England have done. They've got, oh, he's too slow. It's almost like they looked at Kuldeep Yadav as well. When he, you know, he came on, bamboozled England, England worked out that maybe he bowled a bit too slowly and got the number of... Maybe they've just decided that's what will happen with Matt Parkinson.
2: I did think the, the Kuldeep Yadav comparison is an interesting one. Dan, do you think there's any?
0: credence to that? Well they're different types of spinners to start with. So Coley Yellow is a left arm unorthodox wrist spinner and yeah. Matt Parkinson's an orthodox right arm leg spinner. Um, no, I don't I, do you know what right? This it's it really irritates me, this mantra that Parkinson is somehow not going to be able to play international cricket because he's too slow. Is is the biggest load of rubbish that I think I've ever heard an ex-player or or, or commentator say, which is, you know, that's a high bar. Trust me. <laughs> um, uh, um, right. Listen. Okay. Because, uh, and I'm going to be really brutal here, and I'm sorry if this offends people, but these. These ex commentators, I think a lot of these ex players are commentators. I think they, a lot they can just go and they trade off their name. They don't need to go in and do a ton of preparation. Some are better than others. You know, some commentators, you particularly a few of them on Sky, yeah, Mike Atherton, Nasser Hussain are actually, I think, really quite good. But then there's a lot of commentators who go in and they, just trade on their name. They're all, oh, well, I've got 100 caps in my country, so I know everything, and I won't bother doing any research, and I come up with these stupid, flawed groupthink ideas that, Matt, like, Matt Parkinson is better, is not good enough to play international cricket because he's too slow, which is just probably what they talk about in a bar in the evening or something like that, and then somehow it, <laughs> somehow it just um, gets, gets more and more momentum, and, and, and suddenly it becomes a thing. It's a load of rubbish, and... Because I know this, because I actually have a way of quantifying this kind of stuff. Because you can quantify a player's record against high quality batsmen. So you can go through all of the, num- the their bowler versus batter matchups and you take out all the bad players. And you leave yourself with a sample of his numbers against good players. And, well, what do you know? It's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: So, Beta, you've done that. Just to be clear, yeah, you've had 100%. a look at Parkinson, and, and, yeah. and
0: he is—he's—he,
2: based on what we know so far, is legitimately in the England good. team. And should be. I, I have. I
0: rate him at least as highly as Adil Rashid, if not higher. Oof. That's and, bold. And that is bold. But I actually think that Adil Rashid is, is a, a taker of great wickets rather than a great wicket taker. I think Plus he's like Ben average. Stokes
1: as a taker of great catches.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, I, I think Rashid is an above-average leg spinner in, in in international cricket, but I don't think he's as good as a lot of people think. And and I think Parkinson is at least as good as him. Now, obviously, Parkinson doesn't bat, which is maybe a, another reason why Rashid gets the nod over him, but. But the, this fallacy that he bowls too safe for international cricket is rubbish. And especially when you consider that actually some of the teams that he plays against or would play against in international cricket are actually worse than blast teams. So <laughs> we, saw, we, saw, we saw that last last week against Sri Lanka. I mean, I think Sri Lanka would come bottom of the blast, honestly. Uh, the, the, it's, it's, I, 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 I shudder to unthink. How on earth people think that just because he's playing for England, he's not going to be able to make the step up? But he's dominated domestic cricket against good players for like five years.
1: I mean, I've, I've set you up for a rant here, and I'm very glad that you've taken. I'm the sorry, because we've, we've now no, we've talked about this, haven't we? But I, off yeah. offline. But um, I'm, I'm glad that we've managed to get it out there into the airwaves. And um, I probably, I mean, another thing that kind of just adds to this sort of uh, groupthink. You know the eye test, that kind of uh, yeah. that kind of thinking behind things was the second thing that Bumble said on comms, which was he doesn't have as many variations as Adil Rashid or maybe some other leg spinners.
0: <laughs> and, and then he goes and rips one. Was it a twelve degree turn the, the yeah. biggest turn of all time in in white ball cricket?
2: Yeah, it was. A, it was a good. That was an awesome ball. In uh, I thought it was in the third match, wasn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> Just to mention as well, uh, I, I, if you're going to get taken down by anyone, there's a, there's a couple of other things that mitigate this or provide caveats for from a Parkinson's point of view. Um, one is that Hassan Ali is, as, as lower order players go, pretty mm-hmm. fearsome, and he's he's a monster against spin. I had a look at his Crick metric uh, matchups. Um, Pretty average against pace. I think he strikes about eighty in in T20s and uh, and ODIs. Against anyone bowling spin, though, it's up one fifty. It's up it's up towards one fifty. He's 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 not there for a long time, but he will <laughs> and it, and he is capable of hitting sixes and and, and fours. And uh, Max, as you said, you know, if someone like like that has a day, um, it only takes four balls, and and your figures go from awesome to. You know, kind of did a job. Um, I <laughs> thought over the series, Parkinson was good. Uh, Shall we move on to game three? Hmm. Um, so this was an interesting one because at the halfway stage, I haven't got loads of notes on this, um, but I, I can't remember. It was it's yesterday. fresh in the
1: mind, yeah. isn't it?
2: Yeah. Um, at the halfway stage, I thought we would be talking about how good Babar was. And we'll probably have to talk a little bit about how good uh, Babar Azam was. But uh, the main thing that I think we need to talk about is how good a game this was and how good a chase it was from the England team. So let's see. At the halfway stage, uh, Pakistan, they'd managed to get up to 331. Now, it was kind of an interesting way of going about getting 331 because they were slow as shit. For the first half of this game, um, let's have a quick look at when the second wic- wicket fell. So I- Imam, who should have been out in the first over LBW, and, and, it, and it wasn't reviewed. Uh, he was out in the twenty-fifth over of the game with Pakistan on one hundred and thirteen. So what does that mean? Quickly off the top of your head, Max, uh, they the Pakistan scored two hundred and twenty off the next uh, twenty-four uh, yeah. overs.
1: And, so they- and, uh, and they actually sped up at that point as well because after twenty overs, yeah. they were even they were even they were even slower than that.
2: Yes, yeah, so they they really went ballistic, and, and and the the partnership that did most of the damage was between Babar Azam and Muhammad Rizwan, who I I think are probably on balance Pakistan's best players. I'm not a hundred percent sure Rizwan is a is an international quality number four, uh, but he he looked at yesterday uh, as he picked Good up seventy four or fifty eight, and uh, Azam uh, netting one hundred fifty eight off one hundred thirty nine balls, which you know. Let's face it, boys. That was a, a pretty classy knock from, um, was he the number one ODI batter in the world at the moment? Um, England, in response, uh, well they they got off to an absolute flyer as uh, Phil Salt took down Shaheen Afridi in the first over. Hit him for four-fours. Uh, he was batting like, you know, one of those Arctic explorers trying to kill a seal. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not a long technique. It's full bottom hand. And it's really, really violent. Uh, in the second over, David Milan was out, caught behind, even though he didn't hit the ball, didn't review it, and I was really sure why. That's really weird. It, it was. It was incredibly weird. Um, but Salt kept going. Uh, what was really interesting about Salt's innings was how angry the Pakistan players were getting at him. I'm not sure if Phil Salt is a big talker. Um, I, 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 I've not heard that he is. Nobody seems to be saying, you know, Phil Salt is the biggest sledger in England.
1: I don't know if he's a big talker, but he was a big grinner when Shaheen Afridi came down and <laughs> yeah. gave him the eyeball. But he he, he was really
2: winding, winding Pakistan up. He ended up with 37 of 22 balls. Mm. Um, and that, I, I thought when he was out, that Pakistan had lost the plot. A little bit. They they were went wild. They, they've got a guy. I mean, just to just to put it into context, uh, Phil Salt is playing his third ODI. He has 150. Uh, he's on 37. I know he scored those runs quite quickly, but they, they celebrated like they you know dismissed Brian Lara in the World Cup final. <laughs> it was it was way out of proportion. I just thought there's no they don't really feel like a team that are completely in control of what's going on here. Maybe uh, there's like a meta game from the PSL. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's only fa- he's only faced forty balls in the PSL. I read he's not he's not he's he has been there. And he was good. But he's only faced forty balls. There. Maybe there is something going on for the, from the PSL. Maybe
1: he's a big um, character.
2: <laughs> maybe he is a big character. Anyway, England, then they found themselves in a little bit of trouble. Zach Crawley looked nice. He only got 39, though. Um, Stokes came. Pakistan did their thing. They dropped him yeah. twice. That was <laughs> Stokes, quite...
1: <laughs> Stokes was 32 for three. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was quite poor. Uh, Pakistan's fielding all round was was dreadful. Um, and it looked like the game was going to get away from England until uh, Lewis Gregory joined um, Vince at the, at the crease. Uh, and between them, they... Well, they moved England from 165 for five to 294 for six, and 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 when Vince was out with seven overs to go, the the game, um, I think was more or less done. Given that England still had another two all-rounders to come to to knock off the last the last few runs, um, the star of the game, though, Max, um, we've laughed at him a few times on this podcast, um, James Vince. Mm. It was it was really good, wasn't it, to see him. Uh, I I guess, make his mark finally at the international level.
1: Yeah, I think uh, for James Vince and an England fan, it's been an interesting relationship over the last uh, five or six years, hasn't it? I think everyone wants to be behind him and wants him to do well, mainly because of his cover drive. That's what got him a place in the England side in the first place. and, and that's what got him into uh, English fans' hearts because it is such a lovely thing to see. So, um you know, I think the ire that uh, maybe was sent James Vince's way in in throughout his test uh, short test career um was one of frustration and and willing him on to do well and willing him to be a success for England. So I think, um yeah, I think everyone will have been uh, pleased for him to finally get over the mark of that century. But, um, and, and and I think it's probably cemented his place again as like a, a first backup for England. You know, he was, he was there in the World Cup, wasn't he? He played, uh, played a couple of games in that World Cup side. And, um, and I think he's, uh, he can be uh, a, a solid backup for England if he can um, put in, put in that kind of performance. But it, I was, I was sort of thinking about this and sort of some of the criticisms that we've leveled at England and their selection over the last, uh, last few months, perhaps, and, um, and a lot of that sort of come down to us saying things like, uh, d- do we need to give these players a chance to get to know their own game first before thrusting them into the test sphere at the age of 23 and saying, that's the, that's the cauldron in which you need to learn your game and get to know yourself and and, and come over those flaws. And, um, you know, James Vince had his brief time uh, in, a, I guess, a similar situation. Uh, it didn't go so well. And he ended up back at Hampshire and, Actually, over you know over the last three seasons in the county he's averaged forty. He's looked pretty good. Got some big scores, and you you kind of wonder if um, he didn't you know get thrust into the into the England team at the at the start when everyone was clamouring for it because he had a nice cover drive. Um, perhaps in the in a similar mould to Zach Crawley and how he ended up getting into the England team if they'd if he'd been left to sort of uh, mature a little bit in county championship and maybe made his debut when he was 28 we might be in an alternative universe where James Vince is actually in the middle of a, a flourishing England career and um, and uh, and scoring ton after ton um, or perhaps that's just uh, wishful thinking once again from someone who wants James Vince to, to do well but he's yeah it's it was, it was really good for him and it was a, a really good a really really good innings um and Barbara Azam's probably really frustrated.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd see it slightly differently. I mean, I I'm, I think we know enough. James Vince made his career debut for England at 25. I think we know enough to be pretty sure he, he isn't going to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm not either. for a moment <laughs>
1: suggesting he should get another chance, by the way.
2: But it is it is nice to see somebody whose career hasn't been what they'd have wanted it to be get a moment of, you know... Absolute glory, basically. Mm. You know, take take England home, recover England from a position that looked pretty difficult. The record chase at Edgebaston gets a century. Um, nobody can say that. like I mean, whatever you say about James Vincent getting out in the twenties and getting caught a second tip he'll always have now when he looks back on his England career and his his his. his, his I think he basically said this. He'll, he'll always have uh, Edgebaston, Full House, Sweet mm. Caroline, Blue <laughs> for Bob, uh, and and a hundred. Um which is yeah. great, which is great, isn't it? I and mean, that's why people play sport is, is, is and why we people watch sport is, is a moment like that. Dan, I don't know if you've got anything to add on the, the big James Vince yeah. debate.
0: Just just one small thing I I think. He's even though he obviously did extremely well in, in this particular match, he, he's almost like an anti-England player in some ways, in terms of he doesn't boundary hit as much as the general English ODI player. He's still, like, he's not really a 6 and You can see that from his T20 numbers as well. Um, he's very much 4-dominated. We saw that in this match as well, 11 4 0 six, where Gregory went that aerial route a lot more for his boundaries. Um, yeah, is this the peak Vince strike rate for innings in an in ODIs? I don't know. But, I mean, a fair play to him. It was an excellent innings in difficult circumstances. But I wonder if this is as good as it gets for him. Oh, it was a pretty good day. Um, yeah. I
2: will, I will say that. A um, couple, couple of last things just to wrap up the series. Pakistan, we've talked a lot about this from the England point of view. Where did it go wrong for Pakistan, Dan? Is there anything they can do differently? Who do they not pick that they should have done? I mean, yeah. they were on a roll. They, they'd won 11 of their last 12 matches and they turn up in England and, and get dismantled.
0: I, I think that they've got big problems in terms of they chop and change their team a lot. They pick young players when there's very little sort of robust sample size to suggest that they're going to be able to be equipped to deal with the challenges at international level. And also they still, as I think one of you guys said earlier, they play they play 2009 cricket. Um, was it I, a, fuck as a man in the second Test match, 10 off 45 balls. Second, I mean, what, second ODI. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that that would be you would probably have as much chance to play for England as Alex Hales would do if you play <laughs> if, you, if you played that innings. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like it's just unacceptable. You know, it's it's just it just you just wouldn't have it. It just wouldn't happen. And even Swords Shaquille, fifty six top scored in that match, still seventy seven balls of only four fours. That's that's not an attacking innings either. That's as you say, it's two thousand and nine cricket, not twenty twenty one cricket. I think they need a massive mindset shift. I think that they also need to to look at players who can go along the journey to kind of fit that mindset shift as well. So instead of players who we know who are going to be limited in terms of strike rate and boundary hitting, maybe they should invest in some young players who maybe aren't there quite right now, but they would have the upside to to develop into that player for them in several years' time. So be, I mean, in the T20 International series that's coming up, I'm fascinated to see how they use Zam Khan because he is someone who fits that mould really well of being a super-aggressive boundary hitter, a lot of power, uh, and and probably I think something that they really missed in this series. I think Haider Ali could do a job as well, and I know that he's maybe maybe uh, was left out for other reasons in, in, in this series. But... Um, He's he's someone who's an exceptional player of spin and and very aggressive as well, and he's someone for the future, I think, as well. So they kind of do have potentially the players, but they've got to say, okay, well, we're going to draw the line under these players who are not ever going to fit the template of of where we need to get to within a couple of years, because either one, they're not good enough, two, they're too old, or three, they just don't conform to that dynamic at all, and we've got us, you, know, they've got to rip the script up and start again. And, and, and instead of doing constant chop and changings between matches, they need, to, they need to do that one clean break and then say, right, this is our group of 15, 16, 17 players. We'll pick from them.
2: Yep. And um, I thought the other thing that um, came out of this series was it was a massive endorsement of the quality of Ball County cricket in, in England at the moment. Um, I mean, if you take Stokes out of that team, the other 10 players, um, you know, uh, the the over under mark on the total caps they'll get in their career could be as low as 100. Um, I mean, it, it may be too Maybe Mahmood and Parkinson will bump that up a little bit because they, they are they're 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 young and they look like they probably got the stuff. But a lot of those guys are never going to play again or are going to only play very few matches in, in T20 and 50 over cricket for England. Um, and they they beat Pakistan soundly in two matches and and set up well the record chase. Um, at and uh, Now, I know, you know, we've been told privately that um, by pros that there's a feeling in, in county cricket that, that it's not respected as, as well as it should be, uh, particularly with respect to some of the, the other uh, franchise competitions, um, <clears throat> the big bash. Um, <laughs> but, but. I mean, I, I thought what we got from this was, was kind of an endorsement at that point of view, Max, wasn't it? it it's 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 you know that the depth in English mm. county cricket at the moment is is stunning that they've been able to w- win that series so comfortably against, like I said, Pakistan. won eleven out of twelve. I mean, Dan, you've you mentioned some flaws in, in their team, but they've got you know Babar, Sam, and Shaheen Afridi. And like those two players alone, you'd think would have too much for your 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 fortieth
0: best. Player in um well, in, in in your nation's pool, I think that the I think it's fair to say that England's third team, their fourth team, will still be favourite over most international teams. Yeah, England yeah. and India have got that unique strength and depth. And I and, and you mentioned about the comparison of county cricket to the big bash. a big bash. I actually think that the blast is, and certainly if you condensed it down to the amount of teams in the big bash, will be. Extremely
2: higher quality than the Big Bash. Yeah, yeah. that, that is what we, we've heard from people who have played in it. Um, um, I've, yeah, I've, the, I've watched
1: the... sorry in the in the in the big in the, the blast a number of times, and I've I've seen the odd player come over who's made a, a career in a semi-career in the IPL and a career in the Australia team out of uh playing in the Big Bash and watched them, watched <laughs> them at the Oval and they've been absolute pads. <laughs> There's my anecdotal okay. evidence.
2: Um, we're gonna wrap up part one of the show now. When we come back, we'll be talking about India for about 15 minutes. Then we've got the T T20, 2 T twenties between England and Pakistan, then we've got uh Australia in the West Indies, and then we've got some hundred, and then we've got Ireland. Um, so we're gonna to have to get through all of those topics really quickly. Sundries. There's, there's plenty of us to talk, plenty of stuff for us to talk about. Just a reminder: Woodstock we'll Cricket, our sponsor, um, just quick shout out to them and all the runs that they helped me and Ross score this weekend
0: beautiful all hands from Roy
1: off the legs bread and butter for Johnny Bairstow four more
2: 50 for Joe Root he's just ticked along
1: for a six of the innings Morgan chains it into the leg side it's another six oh. Oh, six more six more
0: Six more, and 50 for Butler from just 22 deliveries. Bad for England. Butler
1: taking England to a famous
2: win. Welcome back to the Cricket Podcast, where in this part of the show we'll be talking everything India. Their B team is over in Sri Lanka. The women's team is heading to a decider in England. Uh, then we've got Australia in the West Indies. We've got some hundred. We've got, well, we can talk about Ashwin. Ashwin, you know, he's he's Indian. He can be in the India section of the show. Um, and I think we'll wrap up briefly with a, a quick mention of Ireland's heroics against South Africa at Malahide as they take down a major nation for the first time at home. Uh, Max, we'll start, though, with uh, India. I mean, it's not an official India B team, is it? Um, it's the India white ball team uh, heading to Sri Lanka. Hardik Pandya, I think is the captain. Do you want to, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what's going on there?
1: Um, I've got, I've got Shikha Darwin down as the captain, but uh, that the was from <laughs> that was from the, was from the, uh, the Indian news site I ripped the squad from. So it may have, it may not be true. I don't know. I think you are right.
2: Um, I, I've, because it's Hardik Pandya is the one who's like, should he have gone to England or not? Yeah. And I've obviously, yeah. that's if he's not bowling, <laughs>
1: then absolutely not. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, India are taking on Sri Lanka in a limited over series, three ODIs and three T20s, and that is beginning on the eighteenth of July. Um, all six of those games being played at the uh, in Colombo, and it's been it's been kind of uh, a long time coming. It was obviously delayed for COVID. It was uh, originally going to be in May, and then it was July, then it was August, and and now it's happening this year. Um, and it was also initially a five-match D20 series, and then it was a three-match D20 series, and then it was a five-match D20 series, and, and now it's a three-match D20 series again. So uh, it's been it's been a bit of a journey, but we're here. We're finally here for India's White ball team against um, Sri Lanka. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we can go into the, the squads in, in a little bit. I mean, uh, the, the main thing for, for India, I think, is um, there's a couple of guys in there who you might be thinking... Could they be in England right now? I'm, I'm thinking maybe uh, Darwan, Shaw and Boovy. and and then you know, you got yeah a few of your your white ball stalwarts, and then some really exciting T20 talent um, on Sri Lanka on the Sri Lanka side of things. Things um, they uh, <laughs> uh, they they're, they're doing doing some um, some funny stuff again. Um, so it's it's. Not dissimilar from the from the side that toured um, England of the of the twenty four well, players. Good. Yeah, you yeah. don't want
2: to throw away you don't want to throw away progress like that. Yeah,
1: no. Of the twenty four players that were in England, the the suspended three who were who were very naughty boys are not considered, and then they've dropped Ashada Fernando and Nuan Pradeep. Um, but the the main news from the Sri Lanka side of things is that Cusol Pereira is no longer the captain, um, having taken over captaincy in May. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dusan Shanaka is now the uh, the captain um, could be because based
2: on what well he actually there. Like, what did yeah, do he do
1: he like... actually has a 100% record as T20 captain for Sri Lanka three games oh, out okay. of three well, so well, perhaps yeah. that's the reason um, no it's not it's not the reason the reason is actually to do with a contract dispute apparently I've, I don't know if this is 100% confirmed but this is uh, apparently the reason so the contract dispute is a thing Um which sort of started when Sri Lanka's players were mulling over whether to sign their uh, annual central contracts. Um, they sort of changed things up a bit. And this is sort of partly Tom Moody's doing. They'd done some analysis and decided that uh, a better way of doing contracts was to give out lower base salaries and higher performance bonuses. So they were basically getting uh, extra money for beating top teams, which as we've seen, seems rather unlikely. It's a, good, and maybe, it's a really good
2: way of saving money, that. If you're yeah, maybe some of the reasons <laughs> the players weren't
1: so happy. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but after this, so there was a bit of like back and forth, a bit of negotiation, mainly apparently the Sri Lanka players were just asking for a reason just a breakdown of how they'd come to the conclusion of what they were offering. And they finally got that and decided as a group that they were going to accept and sign the contracts. And no sooner had they decided that halfway through the England series, the Monday after Sri Lanka decided they were going to withdraw all the contracts and um, replace them with tour based contracts for the rest of the year, (laughs) which uh, didn't go down very well. Some people, especially those who won't be getting a contract until they play tests in November. Um, But that's where the kind of issue came in with the captain. So apparently some of them signed those tour contracts immediately, which meant that all the people who were pissed off basically lost all their negotiating power. And uh, word is that uh, Cusar Pereira was one of the people trying to hold out. And uh, Shanaka signed his contract straight away. And there we have it, a new captain. So... Long story short.
2: Uh, there's loads wrong with this, isn't it? I mean, like one, I feel one, you've got to feel sorry for all the Sri Lanka players that yeah. are effectively stuck in the middle of this. I mean, I saw in the original contracts that they, they circulated, their test captain Karuna Ratna was in the C category, <laughs> um, which is absolutely <laughs> ludicrous when you consider he's one of the few Yeah, it was Dikwella.
1: Dikwella actually- and uh, Dallinjaya da Silva were the two, only two in the A category.
2: Yeah. Um, so that's a problem too. This is a problem, but it's a, it's a, there's a wider problem in cricket here. I mean, it's, it's cricket is a rich sport. There's not really another way around that. You've got some mega, mega domestic leagues. You've got some powerhouse international teams that, that, that have a colossal broadcasting, you know, co- colossal broadcasting deals. Um, it's... It should be incumbent on, on, on India, England, and probably to a lesser extent, Australia, but, but also Australia to, to, to play a role in, mm. in making it financially sustainable. I mean, I mean, there's, there are other problems. I mean, like if you did, if you did just give the Sri Lanka board a load of money, um, they probably <laughs> keep it all. Cause uh, that, that's not a particularly, it's not a particularly transparent, well-run board. Um, if we're, if we're being honest either. But, but uh, you do have to think that there's, I don't know, maybe there's a role for the ICC in terms of yeah. guaranteeing minimum salaries for, for, for players in, in, you know, the elite. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, as
1: ever, we've got big structural questions, haven't we, about the governance of cricket, but we'll, we'll, we can leave those for another day. Yeah, the, I mean, the short the story cricket, is, though. yeah, the short story is that Sri Lanka are in disarray and, and surely they've got absolutely no chance, right?
0: no. They don't, Dan. I mean, I don't know if there's yeah, any hope for them. I, 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 okay, so first of all, the contractor dispute is an interesting one because I think one of the one of the reasons why there's an issue is the fact that these players are being graded somehow uh, in terms of the various metrics uh, and then given X salary based on the outcome of that grading system. Mm. But I don't think the players are actually privy to yeah what they're being graded on or how they're being graded or, or what metrics they're they're being assessed on. And and I think that's a bit of a problem because if you're if you're in a contractual negotiation with a player, you, you can't like just say for sake of argument, you're trying to reta- you're you're trying to renew a player's contract in county cricket, right? You can't just turn around to them and say, oh, uh, we're gonna give you this because of some like random reasons. And if you if it's the if, algorithm said there, so there's there's certain there's certain um targets that if you hit them, we'll give you a pay rise or a bonus. But we're not going to tell you those targets. Mm. Like, (laughs) you can't do that. But you have to know, you know, players players might get, like, bonused on hitting 1,000 runs in Red Bull cricket or whatever. And and, and that's completely transparent. Whereas I don't think this is transparent. And and, and I don't... I, I can understand why there's an issue. Yeah. I mean um, that
1: was that was the big problem at the start. The sort was of the lack of transparency, yeah. and I think that what really what really uh, put, uh, rubbed the salt in the wound. That was once they finally got the transparency they asked for, which was like uh, an actual breakdown of how they calculated everything, and they said, "Okay, fine, we'll sign." They took the contracts
0: away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and with regards to their chances against NDFB, I think. The Sri Lanka that I saw against England, I think they'd struggled against most side Ali trophy teams, let alone India beating.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a sad reality, isn't it? Um, Max, mm. in that India team, there is, as you said, some exciting talent. Who are you most looking forward to seeing? Or hearing about, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if these matches have been broadcast in the UK, to be honest. I'd, I'd assume they are because they're India games. Um,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I mentioned that there's, you know, there's a few well-known names in there, um, uh, so we can we can discount them because we've uh, we've we've seen them play before. There's a few guys that recently broke into the India white ball side in that England series, which we were delighted to finally see. And you know that I'm thinking Sky uh, and Ishan Kishan in particular. I'm really looking forward to seeing Padakal because yeah. I think he is mustard, and we've seen that in the IPL. And he's, you know, he's just really, he's just great. And it's really, really good that he's got this opportunity to, to, to show that for, for, for the Indian Indian side.
0: I'm, I'm interested in a couple of players as well who are actually on in the official squad. They're down as net bowlers. Mm. Oh, so, you're um, gonna say Ishan Perel. I am gonna say Ishan and I'm also gonna say Saka Shore. Who, who is another player who's got a very good numbers so at lower level, but doesn't really get uh, uh, IPL exposure. Now, in these kind of bubble environments, it's not out of the question that these players could actually be catapulted into the team at, at short notice. Well, they worked for Washington Cinder, didn't it? Well, this is what I'm thinking, because could there be a scenario... Well, I've been saying that Ishan Perel should be playing for Kings XI Punjab for over two years, yet he ends up making his IPL (laughs) debut before he makes his IPL debut.
1: That
2: would be quite quite a turn of events. Uh, It could happen. Um, Max, should we do some predictions for this series? Um, I will be honest. I am finding it reasonably hard to be excited by it, but you never know, do you? Like cricket is 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 is, is funny, maybe something will. yeah,
1: I, I think this is the kind of series where I, I'm not sure the interest is in the outcome of the games particularly, but like the individual yeah. is is really putting cricket down to an individual sport this particular. <laughs> Series, um, and you know, I think I, I, there might not be many chances for for the Indian players, particularly to break into the T Twenty um, World Cup side. Out of this, I think it's the only three T Twenty internationals they've actually got before the World Cup, and and I think the IPL will be the the real thing that maybe catapults someone in. But um, it could give someone a chance to at least put themselves into the thinking of the Indian setup. So I think that's probably where the interest is in for me. And the only other thing that maybe I think might be interesting to keep an eye on is. Um, if there's one weakness, perhaps, in the uh, India lineup, it might be the pace bowling. But the squad's got Yusvendra uh, Chahal, Rahul Chahar, Colonel uh, Pandya, Kulip Yadav, Varun Chakravarti. Um, could we see 20 You're hours right. of spin in Sri Lanka in an ODI? What do you reckon? Yeah,
2: yeah. Could happen. It could happen. Yeah. Um, uh, predictions was I supposed to give a prediction Max
1: yes go on give us a prediction or should India, we just quickly India, all say 6-0 and get on with it
2: India are going to win every single game
1: Yeah, and I, I think I don't think there will be a single close match I reckon one game's going to get rained off so five
0: yeah. Dan the only thing stopping a clean sweep is the rain <laughs> <laughs> there we
2: are <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about the India women then they are in England Um, This ongoing series, we've we've followed it most of the way through. It started with that test match that ended in, you know, a good draw. Uh, England won the ODIs 2-1 and it came down to the T20s. I think the last time we spoke, uh, we said that England needed to win two out of three or or India needed to win three to take a clean victory. And if it was 2-1 to India, um, the series would be tied. Uh, Those T20s so far, in the first one, England won. Uh, they set a target of 177 for the Indians. Um, and I think that's probably a bit much for this India team, um, to be honest. Um, it rained and that you know could have spiced things up. But England took some early wickets and uh, I think they won by 18 runs on, on DLS. So it was a, a pretty um, comfortable victory from there. In the second game uh, on Sunday, India batted first. They set a target. Of, this is a weird game. I want to talk a lot about this game because mm. some weird stuff happened in this match. Uh, in the second, in the second, India Bay first and they set a target of 148 for the loss of just four wickets, um, which, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, Dan. That's a weird score for a T20. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know you've been doing some work about different benchmarks in the women's game mm. versus the men's game. Is is 148 for four for me? If you if you score 148, you should be eight down. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you if you're four down, you should be up in the 170s, 180s, probably.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, and that's exactly it. I mean, it's not the 148 that's the, the problem; it's the 44 mm. because it suggests that you haven't maximised your resources correctly or 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 or, or efficiently. Now, uh, deepthi Sharma, 24 of 27 balls, probably a good illustration. Actually, only hit one boundary in 27 balls. Now, that would be a good example of someone who maybe didn't kick on as 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 was required in the match situation so yeah um the like i say it's it's just you've got to maximize those resources as efficiently as you can being one four eight for four suggests you maybe left 20 or 30 out there
2: yeah um just another question on, on on that before we talk about the england reply um I know you've been doing some some, some sort of work on, on the women's game. Is mm. if we look at boundary, we talk about boundary percentage on this yep. show quite a lot for the for the mm. men's game. We say eighteen percent is a pretty good, yeah, or an average, a average boundary, a boundary percentage. Is the women's game similar at the T20 level in that 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 kind of power, if you like, is required or on or less so?
0: No, absolutely, yeah. Um, you still need to hit boundaries. Um, and actually, there are some some pretty strong boundary hitters in the women's game. Some players there are players around or approaching twenty percent. The the benchmarks are a little bit lower, but about three percent lower. So you're looking about sort of seventeen-ish is is about average broadly for 16 and a half, 17 for men, about fourteen for for women's. And um, there's players who can do mo- much more than the fourteen percent as well. So yeah, it is it is uh, certainly still a very prevalent metric for dominating you yeah, working out who's going to win the match cool so that yeah I think that in my mind that confirms that my initial look at that 148 for
2: four um, is was was probably a poor score anyway England chasing it they look. they were cruising along they needed 43 or 40 balls with eight wickets in hand um, and they they blew it max uh it was it, I, it, I, and there's no other way to get around this to be honest they it was, was they completely bottled this four run outs in the england innings they came up eight runs short um a pretty poor example of chase of a chase
1: right uh it's yeah you you, you said the words didn't you it was a, it was a bottle job um i i honestly cannot get my head around some of it i sometimes you know it happens. You just smack the ball to a fielder and you're like, well, that was annoying. I probably should have placed it better, but it does happen. You know, a bad ball getting a wicket, that kind of thing. But those runouts, three of them in particular, were unforgivable. Like the the just there's no there was absolutely no sense to it. I mean, was it? Um, uh, was it the last one? it was just involved <laughs> trotting, Maddie Villiers, trotting. Yeah. Maddie Villiers just trotting back to her to crease and uh, not realising that the throw was coming in and um, and being being run out. I mean, Heather Knight, you could argue, was a little unfortunate, and it was especially given the timing. It just happened after uh, after Tammy Beaumont had had fallen, and then what was it? The next ball or a couple of balls later, she uh, <laughs> she ended up nearly falling over <laughs> deep to Sharma, who managed to deflect the ball onto. Stumped via the instep of her, her boot whilst diving to to stop the ball, so that was a bit of a freak accident. We can maybe forgive her for for that one, but the the rest were um uh I it, it wasn't even like a miscommunication. That was the bizarre thing. It was just like bad calling. That was it. It was like a bad decision being is, made.
2: This is this is part of the reason I was asking Dan about boundary percentage because I was wondering whether you'd like. I, I, I don't watch as much women's cricket and I haven't watched as much women's cricket as, as I have watched men's cricket. So I, the rhythms of I watch an entire IPL, for example, I I probably haven't seen as many women's games as I watched the IPL this year. If, if, if I'm being laying my cards out and being really honest about that, I'm trying to watch more uh, and and. And I'm trying to understand more about the game, which is why I asked about that boundary percentage thing. Because I was wondering whether you know you just have to run like a mad person mm. um, to get a decent score. I I, I just four run outs in an innings, Dan. You know, if you were doing the match report of that, would you would you highlight that maybe you need to to, to not be so frantic?
0: Yeah, I mean, four run outs in a T20 match when you lose eight wickets in twenty overs is uh, so you're half your your dismissals are run outs is. is Certainly not positive. I, I can't remember many T Twenty matches where that's happened.
2: I actually I had looked into this as well, and and this is you can only really find this data, good data for the for the men's game. But in the history of men's international T Twenty cricket, there have been four games with four run outs. Um, no, none with five. So four is the maximum. And this includes like Hong Kong, via Oman, and and stuff like that. It's not this. Is, this is every game. Everything ever. Yeah um there've been there have been something like 1600 innings at the inter- that are recorded in international T20 cricket so it's what's that work out uh, like 0.4 or 0.5% of the innings ever played at the international level have this number of run outs in so a one in 200 chance i feel like if you're chasing one, one you know you know 148 that's an unnecessary risk that you you've introduced into the game. I, said, I mean
1: you're looking at one a ball you don't need to push a risky two do you? No, you probably don't even really need to
2: take a quick single. Um to to, to be honest. I mean we we've heard in 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 the last year um I mean like let's take Sanju Sampson in that game against uh in the IPL where he got 100 and nearly won the game and uh who is he batting with? Uh, the, the South African fast bowler Morris, uh, and they didn't run. And then at the end of the game, he justified it. And and Samson Sampson was saying, "Oh well, I think in the near future we'll actually just not be taking singles sometimes because we'll have better matchups." So if that's how people are thinking about the game at, at, at one level, I mean, you almost think that that any run out is is therefore inexcusable, even in T Twenty cricket where you've got that that pressure. I mean, Dan, I don't know if that's maybe too extreme a view. Um but but it seems professional. no
0: it is it's singles in T twenty cricket are are a real point of contention right now, and I think that it's gonna be something that the approach towards singles is gonna change a lot in the next five-10 years. I actually think Sandy Sampson in theory has a strong argument for certain circumstances when the matchup is good for the batter. Hitting a voluntary single, and I'm talking about just deliberately finding a gap rather than, you know, trying to hit a boundary and then the field is stopping it and then you're getting a single, is... So a voluntary single is almost always a bad outcome for that isolated ball if you've got a good matchup, And quick singles in T20 are just basically worthless unless you're deliberately trying to get, like, a massive matchup on strike. But but the vast majority of time that's not the case, and we, we saw that here, and, and we see it a lot in the IPL and other 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 T Twenty leagues as well. But brainless running between the wickets is like, it, it's, it does happen a lot. Players, players, the risk reward for a quick single in T Twenty cricket really isn't there. Yeah,
2: well, uh, and and this is a really extreme example of what can <laughs> go wrong if you if you don't think that through um, we should mention in this series as well that Harlan Deal took an awesome catch didn't you Max I'm, I'm assuming you've yes, seen, that. Yeah, everyone's yes, seen that everyone's seen that catch yeah <laughs> um, and did you, is that all you've got to say I mean people have talked about it it is good if you haven't seen it go and find yeah, it yeah go and check it out it. I think it's, it's on the BBC
1: website isn't it and probably on of those, one of those, one of those many other
2: catch it throw it dive back into play I yes. think the dive back into play is really what sells it for me yeah Um and that run out of Heather Knight, which you've talked about, um, I've got a bit of a problem with that because I think the bowler celebrates it too much.
1: No, I, I actually, yeah, I forgot <laughs> to mention that. That was my my very first thought of uh, of that wicket was the three of them the three of them around it that saw it. How are you celebrating that wicket that much? Like you should just be you should be ashamed. Well, you should be I a little it's... embarrassed about the wicket. Feel a bit bad, but take it.
2: I think it's because they. Um... They just run out ahead of night and and yeah it just awesome. turned it's, the game, it's, it's, maybe, uh, but... It's, yeah, but it was it was still
1: um, I know, awful.
2: Right. Um, the final game is ongoing at the moment. India are 15 for two, batting first after four overs. We'll give an update before the end of the show. On England. Yeah, so it looks like England are going to win this. The Google win predictor says 87% England women. Um, and I think probably over the series, on balance, England have been better uh, across the Test, the ODIs yeah. and, and the T20s. Um, they, they did, I don't know if we mentioned, they did lose that match we were just talking about uh, by eight runs. But, um, so this is a decider, the game ongoing at the moment. But uh, it like, look, looks like England are in a good position after four overs. Um, where do we want to go next? Um, we had someone a tweet in, Dick Shit says, um, what do you think the score, on the last India thing, what do you think the scoreline for India v England in the Test Series will be? We'll do an actual preview of this, but just like, you know, we're a few weeks away now. Max, you got any thoughts on that?
1: Oh uh, yeah, well, I mean I'm in white ball mode, so it's it's uh, it's tough. But I um I do fancy India for this one. I have to say I think um, it will be tight. I reckon maybe two one India. Couple cool. of draws in there.
0: Dan, I think you've answered this before. I think you went for mm.
2: India two one as well, or maybe three one. Yeah,
0: I, I lean towards India for the Test series. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna go five 0 England then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cricket's so the coming home. play. Uh, sorry? What about the C-team play?
2: <laughs> well, oh, you know what? 7-0. Uh, yeah, 7-0. <laughs> um, uh, we forgot to say at the beginning of this segment, like, subscribe, comment, find us on YouTube, find us on Patreon.com, the cricket pod uh, and we're sponsored by Woodstock um, and you know let us know what you think the, the series will be in that we're going to move away from India now to we'll do a quick preview of the Pakistan T20s uh, England are taking on Pakistan for two T20s Max did you prepare anything on this or
1: uh, no not really uh, I think no. just uh, the thing the main thing for discussion is the squad isn't it With um, the uh, most of the England guys who are in isolation are now back in so uh, that's um, you know uh, yeah, your big boys, uh, a couple of them missing out, assuming they were the people who actually had COVID. Uh, Tom Curran's back, you would be glad to know. We, we mentioned, didn't we, as well? Tom Curran, Chris Dordan, Jake Ball, all in there, and a couple of guys from the ODI series have uh, have maintained a place. So, we, we've got uh, Lewis Gregory and Saki Mahmood still uh, still about, um, and Parkinson and but Matt Parkinson, yeah. But whether he'll get to play or not, we'll see because Adil Rashid is also in the squad. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, great for Saki Mahmood in particular to, to be able to hang around. I don't know whether they were intending on having him in the um, the T20 squad, aside from the, the outbreak. I'm, I'm guessing not. Um, so that, that's a, a good opportunity for him. And I dare say we will see Jake Ball play because uh, he has actually had quite a good blast so far he's taken quite a few wickets so uh, we'll probably get to see him uh, him in an england shirt again uh, i don't know if he's had the best time of it but maybe maybe he can have a, a james vince style renaissance um my i mean i, I just have <laughs> I, as usual all i have is complaints and um, I think the main thing for me <laughs> is uh, some of the guys who got... I mean, there was an 18-man backup squad that they put out for that England-Pakistan series. Mm-hmm. And if they had a, a feeling that they were going to bring the big guns back for the T20s, in you know, especially once you'd gone 2-0 up, why did you not at least give... One of the other guys ago go like they didn't change the team for three games and this is yeah. we're talking about a backup team like you might as well take the opportunity to, to learn something there'll be there'll be a couple of guys in there who'll be feeling pretty hard done by the fact that they've just been parachuted out of their uh, their county in the middle of a, in the middle of a game and just left to watch stuff.
0: Maybe they wanted to transport the uh, closed shop mentality to the C team. As well. <laughs> well, that's it. Actually, I
1: mean, been talking, they? There's been talk about how brilliant it is that the mindset that, well, sort of the, the strategy that Owen I mean, Morgan's employed in the England squad has carried down into that C team. The way they approached the game was exactly the same as how England approached the game. So uh, maybe there is something in that, Dan. On maybe that, you're right.
0: that subject, I, I, I'm a bit loath to give Morgan all this credit for it, actually. Oh. And uh, my, my Max is still little, little chuckle on, on his face. There, I think he may have segged into this on purpose. Um, no,
1: never.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, maybe it's just because his players are really good. Um, and and they saw Kevin Peterson growing up, for example, playing the IPL and when they were younger, and so I oh, quite fancy being like that myself, and then learn how to, to, to try and get to that level. I, I'm not convinced about the influence of captains generally, and I think a lot of the success or failure of captains is a byproduct of the resources that they've got to pick from. I think there's probably a lot to be said, said about that. I do think they do do some
2: things better than other. Teams though, and, yeah, I think um, things like, I think like having like, a picking clear... someone
1: like Phil Salt to open the batting does sort of well, it still it, shows right? you that that's the kind of thing that they want to go for, doesn't it?
2: Uh, it's a clear bat, they have a clear batting strategy. That, I've oh, mentioned. yeah, I don't,
0: yeah I don't I'm know, not, I'm terrible. not, it. yeah. And that was one of the, was it the, was it the second ODI? And they were like lost two wickets really quickly, and Salt and Vince still went for it, whereas I think a lot yeah. of teams would go in their shell. And I thought that was so positive in terms of like that strategy, 100%.
2: Yeah, uh, we had a couple of questions on this series, Uh, one from Marsco101. If players like Mahmood and Parkinson do well in T20s as well, can they be considered outside picks for the T20 World Cup or will it be the same squad and players as uh, in the India and Sri Lanka series? I think Mahmood's, I think it would be weird now to take Tom Curran instead of Mahmood. I'm not saying they won't do it, but I think it would be (laughs) weird. And I, I I don't know how big the squads are. I haven't like done my pre research this far in advance. But um, unless they're really really tight, I would have thought Parkinson would be there as your reserve leg spinner because Rashid's like has got a documented
1: Dodgy shoulder, shoulder problem.
2: Yeah. yeah, Like if you, I mean maybe they won. It would be classic England to be like, oh, we haven't got like Liam Livingston's so our backup leg spinner. But <laughs> <laughs> but I'd have thought I'd have thought they've got a good chance of going. I don't know if you both agree.
1: Yeah, and no, I'd agree with that. And I, I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't think they'll maybe uh, get into the the first team, but I would, I would fully expect them to be on the plane.
0: I'd like to think that they would both be on the plane, but uh, England have a habit of disappointing me with their team, <laughs> so that's probably a bad thing for those two
2: players. Uh, and Plaidwell says, uh, "Is this Pakistan bowling team overrated?" Um, Dan, I don't know if you want to take that one
0: uh i don't think so um i think that the the main problem is that they just keep on they have this like flavor of the month who's usually a player who's really young and then they just kind of dump them out of the team after a couple of games and then they move on to the next one and 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 that's not a strategy for long-term success um I think in the T20s we're going to see a lot more from Pakistan in terms of that bowling orientated approach, and I really like the fact that they can structure up with say Fahim Ashraf at eight and Hassan Ali at nine, which just gives them insane hitting depth as well, and almost makes up for the fact that you know Babar Azam and Rizwan at the top might play quite conservatively. Um, I think that I'm still I'm a little actually a little bit unconvinced about Shadab Khan as a top level leg spinner. And I think that that, I, I, I'm not sure Usman Cardia is, is there yet either. So I think maybe they lack they a top-level leggy. Um, but pace-wise, I think that they're pretty well covered. Here we are. Uh, next on the docket, then, is the five-match T20
2: series between Australia and the West Indies taking place in the Caribbean. Um, Australia, after three games, have already managed to lose this series. Uh, they're 3-0 down. Uh, and they're, they're not losing by a little bit. They're getting smashed by the West Indies. Andre Russell, Shimmer and Hetmeyer, Chris Gale scored runs in uh, games one, two and three, respectively. Um, I have to say, and this, is, this has been flagged, I think, again by Marsco101 on, on, on Twitter, that, that Wade, Finch, Marsh, Carey, Enriquez, it's not particularly scary, top five. Is it, Dan? I know you wanted to talk about this, this series oh a little word. bit as well.
0: Oh word. Uh, I... I, I I struggle to understand the, the Australian selectors, selectors' rationale. To be really honest with you, um, so you go through that top that that top five, right? And there's players in there that I wouldn't even want to recruit as a county overseas player, let let, let alone playing international cricket for one of the major nations. And that and that and that thing is is about as, as bad as an indictment as you can possibly wish for. And the fact that we've got at Leicestershire a far, far better player than most of their batters right now playing county cricket in Josh Inglis is... We shouldn't tell them that. <laughs> well, it's fine. It's I want him to play. I want, he deserves it. You know, he does, he absolutely deserves to play international cricket. Like His numbers are far and away better than all of those six players, the top six Wade Finch, Marsh, Carey, Henriquez and Turner from 2019 onwards. You look at you look at the numbers from 2019 onwards, pace and spin, balance, balls per dismissal, boundary percentage, Inglis will beat them. So why isn't getting picked? I don't know. Um, this one, well, Robin I, Rounder asks this, so let, let's just ask you straight up,
2: uh, what should Australia do uh, in your view to improve their T20 game? Um, uh, they, need
0: to, they need to... New team? They need to change their <laughs> selection strategy completely. Um, So they're too reliant on on players with high reputations who are older. They're too reliant on dot ball avoiders. They don't have pick players with high boundary percentages, a lot of them. So in that top top six, Finch's boundary percentage is dropping rapidly. Marsh is a a very good player against pace, but not spin. And strike weight wise. And so coming in at three is a bit of a double-edged sword for, for him. Because so if he comes in early, he might be able to get get away with quite a few pace overs to, to get get his get his uh, innings off to a good start. If he comes in after six overs, it could be a disaster. Carey um, is okay, but Inglis is far better uh, as a wicketkeeper batsman. Um, Henriquez is has a very poor boundary percentage generally. He's like thirty four now, isn't he, Enriquez? Yeah, uh, and and Turner is similar as well. So I mean. <laughs> You look at their innings against West, uh, West Indies in the third, uh, third match. Finch, 30 off 31. Marsh, 9 off 12. Henriquez, 33 off 29, at, coming in at 5. And Turner at 6, coming in uh, at, after 12 overs almost, 24 off 22. Oh, the finisher. <laughs> yeah. then, like, you look at England's third team, Phil Salt, even Zach, Zach Crawley. You could, I could tell you, like play, even players who weren't even in the C team, like Joe Clark, these players are so for so much more.
1: I, I do feel like Joe Clark might have been in the C team if there wasn't a current court fake court yeah. case for uh, a fray yeah. going on.
0: On ability, on ability wise, I'm talking about obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Um These players, Australia haven't they haven't developed a T20 team for 2021. This 20 their T20 team is a 2015 team. You can't do this anymore, and then and and then they've got four out and out bowlers from eight to eleven. There's Dan Christian, who's what was he thirty seven, thirty eight, coming back into their setup. Where's Ben? I couldn't ben Cutting? believe
1: that when I saw he was in there.
0: Where's Ben Cutting? Um, and, and, and Ben Cutting is a more explosive hitter than Christian. There's really not that much to choose from between their bowling ability, so I don't get that. Um, they've got no bowlers who can hit. You can pick Daniel sams but then you're taking a, a, a hit on the bowling compared to, say, like a Meredith or a Stark or a Hazelwood. Just, it, I, I just don't I don't understand where the long-term thought process is for this selection of their squad. Because we all know, we've spoken about this hundred a time, hundred times on this podcast. You have to win the boundary percentage in T20 to win the match. It's almost mandatory. How are you going to do that if you're Australia? Unless Stark... Meredith Hazelwood and Zampa bowl incredibly. You're not. You
2: can't. This, you is, can't a, this go... is the thing as, as well. It tends to be going into major tournaments. Teams that have good bowling records tend to do worse than teams that have got good batting records. Batting, for whatever reason, just seems to translate slightly better. Or in, into it has there's a more there's, a, there's more of a correlation between the teams that, that hit better going into major tournaments than, than teams that bowl better. So, so I I, I think it's, it's being like we're going to rely on our bowlers and, and try and get 150, which I, I guess is their plan. I don't even think like the data supports that point of view. No,
0: really. they like hit 13 it. bounded in 20 overs against West Indies batting first. And we talk about <laughs> we talked about India women's getting 148 for four. And it being like a weird scoreline. 141 for six of 20, actually when the the there was a wicket on the a run out on the last ball it was really 141 for five. It's it's exactly the same. They left 30 yeah. runs on the pitch, 13 boundaries in, in 20 overs. How good have your bowlers got to bowl to defend that? Very playing <laughs> against the best batting team in the world.
1: <laughs> yeah. You'd need um, five Jasper Bumras.
0: You've yeah. Or maybe one on no, no, no. the Kante. <laughs> the, the, um, the, and you have to look at your opponents as well. West Indies, in this match, they hit 22 boundaries in 87 balls. So they're hitting about one in Jeez. four for boundaries. So they hit nine more boundaries in Australia in... What? 30. 31 less balls. Yeah. T- yeah, that's so pretty good. You've got to understand... So, like, for example, when... Like, a team plays knots in a T20 blast, right? You can't just look at what a par score will be on that pitch, generally, because everyone knows that knots have got the best hitters. And it's, it's no different for this Australia versus West Indies. So when you're Australia, you've got to dial up par even higher because you know West Indies can chase pretty much anything. You can't just say, oh, well, the average is at this he is 150, and if we get that, then we're happy. But you're playing against someone, a team who can chase that with one player coming out playing the world innings which happens all the time
2: yeah yeah they'll do it at 15 overs as well it won't even be close they, they, you then, won't even be able to rely on putting some of them under pressure near the end because yeah. you know you got Andre Russell coming in at six he can take three balls to get the pace of the pitch before <laughs> doing anything <It's, laughs> um, um, yeah uh, they're they're in disarray Australia I mean, we did seem to get Chris Gale bowling in uh, hat Max that wasn't a sentence but Chris Gale hat I hope you picked up on that that was good wasn't it
1: uh you might, whoever does it you love to see it don't you and uh with chris gale all the more all the more excellent i think
2: yeah uh, we'll move on we've got a couple more things uh the hundred so they release rules uh, dan you, you're you're able to recuse yourself from this portion of the podcast if you like um although i am interested to hear i, I don't know if you can actually professionally comment on this pollard and Dre mm-hmm. Russell are out do you think that's a hit for the
0: it's, that's a bit of shame basically isn't it oh yeah it's a shame in terms of like the fact that he's clearly a world-class player, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to say it's a negative in terms of one of the one of our rival teams <laughs> losing. <their laughs> best
2: yeah, that's that, that's a uh, very diplomatic, very diplomatically put. Um, the the big news really was that um, they they released a tweet thing or an Instagram thing, didn't they? Which people thought was kind of funny, uh, where they decided that overs aren't a thing. Umpires will call five and hold up a white card at the end of a set of balls. Um, and then a little bit further down, like five bullet, further, bullet points further down, um, they uh,
1: literally mentioned overrate. Um, did that make you laugh, Max? It was the white card that made me laugh. <laughs> i was just like why are oh, you holding, up, why holding up a white card what what new brand of cricket necessitates holding up a white card to make things simpler um but yeah no i mean it, it did it is it's quite funny isn't it oh it's all about this this tournament is all about balls every ball matters unlike in normal cricket where some balls just don't count and um uh and yeah and then just you'd be like oh by the way if you don't bowl quick enough uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's and, and and they are overs, aren't they? Because uh, they're sets of five, so they are overs. So just like it's just it's unnecessary. like I can see what you're trying to do, it's just not really making it simpler, is it? That's the that's the thing. It's like changing things for the sake of changing things, and maybe you know maybe not that well thought out, but you know as a tournament it should be excellent because. Uh, even even with like Pollard and, and Dre Russ not being there, there are still some world class players that will be coming, and we'll, we'll we'll be getting to see probably some more of those than we would normally do in the Blast. And and you might see if you break out stars from England on the world stage as well. And maybe just maybe the hundred could overtake the Big Bash as the, uh, the 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 thing where India go and throw away some interesting contracts to people because that that'd be nice if we could have some competition, wouldn't it, for for the Aussies.
2: Well, I mean, I think the England C team pumping Pakistan will probably raise the profile of a few of those players.
1: Mm. Uh, Yeah, they'll get some Um, more PSL contracts, but... (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, Paul says, Paul tweeted on this, he wanted a shout out for Stansted Park Cricket Club who won the inaugural T10 uh, tournament. Um, So well done, Paul. That's uh, very impressive. Uh, And also wanted to know, Max, you can answer this one again, whether, whether these conditions actually make the game easier to access or understand.
1: Uh, you'd have to ask someone who doesn't like cricket or thinks that cricket is overly complicated. I think I'm not going to be able to give you a fair opinion on this because I think it's absolute nonsense because I don't see why cricket as it is, is too complicated. And I don't see how the changes that they've implemented make it less complicated. Like, What's the difference between calling five and calling over? Why are you holding up a white card? Why have you suddenly decided that if a batsman gets caught and they cross, they have to go back? You know, it's like, it's changing things that I don't think are actually going to improve the experience of getting to know cricket. Um, so from my point of view, I don't think so. But I know cricket and I like cricket as it is. So I'm probably not the right person to ask. I'd say, yeah, fine. fine you know, ask ask someone who's getting into that. If, if it does get people into the hundred and they, they think that this makes it easier to follow, then I guess that's the... That's the evidence you need, isn't it?
2: Well, his, uh, yeah, th- that is that's the that is the thing um, on that point. I- I've said, I think, pretty much the whole time through, I just like it to be a T twenty tournament. Yeah, so it I doesn't. I don't that think. I like uh, that format, and if you man. want
1: to shorten it, make it T
2: fifteen. If you have to, um, twenty fifteen. That would be really harsh on the team back second. Max, um, you can have time um, the game. You know, you could bat out the last two chase. overs. Um, I, I, I on that point about it being easy to access. Uh, I'm going to the opening game with my girlfriend and her niece, who mm-hmm. haven't ever been to a cricket match before. Um, so. Uh, it, at least in terms of it being like it, it, if it's the it worst case scenario it 's over in two hours fifteen minutes or something it's <laughs> uh, it's it, 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 it sold, it sold quite well uh, on that front um we'll continue much we are going to do a preview show that's coming up at some point soon and the last thing we want to talk about today is Ireland beating south Africa um, Dan did you see this coming
0: um, I rate Ireland probably as one as the, as one of the better Uh, sort of lower profile teams, or they're not obviously an associate team anymore, but they're kind of you know around the ilk. Um, uh, whether I thought they'd beat South Africa is another matter entirely. The problem is, we're talking about 2015 or 20, yeah, 2015 kind of teams. That's South Africa too, they don't have the batting intent, and yeah, 290 chase without intent is a difficult proposition. Um Ireland, obviously, yeah, fair play to them. They, and then they, 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 they were quite conservative at the start and then teed off right at the back end to put about 100 on our first eight or nine overs. Um, and South Africa, I just don't, they were never really in the hunt, but you kind of thought, oh, they're going to pull it out of the bag somehow. Some, something's going to happen to so avoid the shock. But I actually think that even with, even with the win for Ireland, They could have even done it a bit better. So, for example, Yanom Milan got 84 for South Africa. Now, it's not a massive secret among the analyst community that he struggles against slow left-arm bowling, but it took Ireland 20 overs to bring their slow left-arm a doctor on. Maybe if they'd have opened with him, it would have been even better. Uh, And it's interesting because I think that South Africa... They weren't exposed for matchups in the recent series against West Indies, and I think that was a big factor as to why they won that series. I think West Indies got the matchups really wrong, and again, they're kind of getting away with that a little bit in terms of people aren't really working out their weaknesses. If I'm an opposition team against South Africa, say I'm at home, and I'm, I've got the opposite. I'm, I'm so I'm just say I'm England, for example, and we're at home against South Africa. I'm preparing ranked turners and bowling and picking as many spinners as possible. You can't lose because then their, their players have poor strike rates going to go spin.
2: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a thing. Um, <laughs> oh, it, Max, it is quite historic. It is quite historic for Ireland, though, isn't it? Um, oh,
1: it's to, brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant for Ireland. Off. Yeah, because um, I, I mean they've been sort of on the cusp, haven't they, of like, uh like of, of being uh, being a team that can challenge uh, you know they've been they've beaten england before um you know, we've we've seen some of the, and, and sort of we've seen some of the, their their uh, their players in the on the domestic circuit you know we've seen like paul sterling for example we know all about him he's 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 an excellent player um, and they've just been, they've been threatening to to be good for a little while and often seem to just come up a bit short so i think this could be a, a good point for them to to kick on and uh you know it's part of the it's part of the um world cup world series odi thing where you get some points and qualify for the world cup so uh that's it's a great starting out that for them and i think it would be it'd be brilliant for ireland and i think something that they should really genuinely aim for is to to, to qualify for through that because I, I they've they've got good players they they could do it mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, so that that win, actually, I mean, it's it's a good point, Max. That puts them back into automatic qualification. Now, because all the teams have played like different amounts of games, which has been exacerbated by the whole pandemic situation, um, Ireland are like way ahead of some of their direct rivals for qualification in terms of Mm -hmm. matches played. Um, But they're currently fifth. Um, If they can take another win against South Africa um, and then they go into a series against Zimbabwe, um, and if they can, you know, Probably sweeps Zimbabwe, then automatic qualification becomes something that that actually I think could be attainable for this side. Particularly if you think that like Sri Lanka aren't going to be causing anyone any trouble, are they? Uh, on that front, or old
0: Sri Lanka <laughs> are already over two wins clear of Sri Lanka from from the, yeah. the game in hand. Of Sri Lanka, got um,
2: South Africa. They've got one win from their five matches. You'd think they probably will recover. Afghanistan—they've won three out of three. But you'd think as they play some of the bigger teams, that record will correct itself. Um, I I don't know what you'll—they'll need to win, or how many they'll need to win Ireland to to get an automatic qualification berth. Um, But I I would—I'd probably expect it to be at least all those matches against Zimbabwe. Um, But they put themselves in a great position. They're back. They're back in that now, Um, and that's good. I think that's everything for this week's episode of the Cricket Pod. Um, So just a quick reminder: you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Cricket Pod. Um, you should leave us a comment, give us a like, subscribe. Head over to Patreon.com/thecricketpodum and join, and we'll read your name out on our next show, on our Roll of Honour, um, and we will make a Roll of Honour, and we'll put you on the credits, and it will be fantastic. Uh, or you could get a hat. You can get a hat, um, and who doesn't want a hat? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that we've missed in the world of cricket this week? Ashwin got five wickets today. That's it.
1: Yep, Ashwin was bad, and then Ashwin was good again. Yeah. Um, great.
2: Um, Dan, do you want to let people
1: know where they can find you?
2: Specifically? Yeah,
0: sure. Absolutely. Yeah. at s Advantage on Twitter. Good. Um, we're going to
2: head off. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll probably have to do that that 100 preview, I think, won't we? So we'll be back, I think, with that next week. Bye-bye.
0: Listening to the Cricket Podcast.
1: I think it was a disgraceful performance, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again.
0: That is very good.